Good Sunday afternoon, everybody. This is Brian Bledsoe once again, host of the Desert Farmer Podcast. Been a little while since we've spoken, about 10 days or so ago, but uh, lots to talk about uh, this afternoon. Hope this finds you well as we head into uh, the middle part of December, and pretty crazy to think that the year is going to be over here before too long, but it has been uh, a great year for me. I hope it's been an equally great year for you, and it has been a year full of weather challenges and extremes across the western high plains, but we're really no stranger to that. That's just simply part of life and living here. So got a couple of things that I really want to focus on today. One of those things is obviously the current status of the El Nino situation that we have going on uh, across the Pacific Ocean. And again, I've been talking about this now for quite some time, and it's really important that we focus on the evolution of this El Nino and what it's going to transition to as we head into 2024. And right now, the weather pattern couldn't be more El Nino-like. We've got a very stout Pacific flow coming in that's really bottled up any significant cold air from coming south. And that's not to say that we don't have periods of cooler times from uh, every now and again, but in terms of any significant Arctic push to the south, that has not been the case up until this point. And largely, I think through the remainder of this month, we're not going to see that. The flow coming in from the Pacific is going to pretty much keep that lo- uh, all that significant cold cold air locked well up to the north. And that's the case even up across parts of Canada, where for the next couple of weeks, uh, the overall temperature theme is going to be much above average in terms of the temperature up there. So it's pretty hard to get anything significant cold-wise to come south if you're dealing with that type of warmth uh, farther north. So if you're not a fan of significant cold air, good for you. I'm not either. We're likely not going to have that at least through the remainder of this month. Here it is the 10th of December and uh, pretty hard pressed to have had any cold air uh, thus far. In terms of the precipitation that's been associated with El Nino, a large part of the midsection of the country hasn't necessarily had anything significant. I talked a lot about this back in the fall, how I was a little bit concerned about how the fall could end up being drier than average, and then we would start to turn things on once we got into December. And I have made no mistake on this podcast, or whether I'm working for you individually, or even if it's uh, talking about certain things on Twitter, uh, you know, that I thought December, it was really going to start to kick in the high gear for a lot of us. And I will talk more about that here in just a moment. But the evolution of the pattern as such has really started to show its El Nino colors with this real powerful jet stream coming across the Pacific. We've got a subtropical jet stream coming up from the tropics and cruising across the southern part of the United States. And uh, that, my friends, is a hallmark of a classic El Nino pattern. Now, uh, a big question that we have to kind of look at this is, has this El Nino maxed out? in terms of not only what it's doing with the sea surface temperature anomalies, but what it's also doing with the atmosphere. I think we are getting to that point where it probably, if if it hasn't already, it's going to get really close because uh, this particular event was supposed to max out in December and January and then start to depart as we headed through February and got closer into spring. I really still think that that is on schedule and could it happen even a little bit faster than than that? It's possible, but for right now, I think that that original timetable of when it was going to max out and gradually exit is still very much on the table and probably the thing to look at uh, right now. Now, that's important because 
Does it mean as this El Nino fades and start to go away that we are going to just see it completely collapse and immediately go back the other way? I don't think that's the case. I still think through the late winter and into the spring, sea surface temperatures, at least in the Enso region out there in the Pacific, are still going to be somewhat above average. Okay, Probably not meeting El Nino criteria uh, during the springtime, but still somewhat above average. It's what happens after that again, that I've made no mistake about being concerned about, uh, that I'm most worried about. And that means once we get this El Nino completely gone, the PDO has still been very cold and very negative. The November reading of the PDO was at a negative 1.76, I believe. Okay, So uh, that's not only a very negative reading, but it's a really negative reading when you consider the fact that we've had this El Nino going on. Uh, now for a while, and the PDO really hasn't had much of a blip, okay? So the fact that the PDO has been that negative for that long while we've had an El Nino present uh, and we haven't had a pop go back toward neutral or even positive in that value, that is going to make it really easy for a La Nina episode to come back during the course of 2024. The next question with that is, is when is it going to come back? Well, as I said, I've seen some uh, computer model information that suggests it could come back as early as May or maybe even sometime in July. I've really not been overly concerned about things before June. June was when I was starting to get somewhat concerned and especially beyond June because historically speaking, if we see a La Nina episode really start to come on during the middle part of the year, it usually puts out a dry signal in the midsection of the country and especially the southern plains. Okay, so uh, it's really important that we keep this in mind because going forward, if we have uh, you know active weather this winter, and we have active things happen during the course of the spring, we have to be very judicious with how we use that moisture and how we plan things accordingly. Because if we front load that moisture and then shut it off, we're going to have some problems again. Okay, I'm not necessarily saying that that is exactly what's going to happen, but with how this transition is likely to unfold during 2024, it is definitely something that I am concerned about. So again, this is what we're talking about, folks. El Nino still maxing out the rest of this month and through January, starting to show itself the door in February. And then by the time we head toward later in the spring, it's going to be gone. Okay. And after it's gone, the likelihood of La Nina coming back during the very late spring and into summer uh, is really starting to become more and more heightened. And again, I've made no mistake about this talking to you here on the Desert Farmer podcast that that was exactly how I thought things were going to go. I've been talking about that for a while. I don't see any change in that. And I think that that's definitely something that we need to prepare for. I know it's not a lot. Uh, I know it's not the information a lot of you want to hear. All right. I get this from a lot of folks. They say, do you have ever have any good news? Well, yeah, I do have some good news that I'm going to share with you in a moment. But I'm never going to be shy about sharing potentially bad news with you because even if it's bad news, you can always prepare for it. And I'm all I would always rather uh, rather want to know when bad news was going to be coming my way so I could prepare for it, whether than to get blindsided by it. So 
That's kind of what I'm all about here. And that's kind of why I want to reach out to you in that regard, because I think it's something we need to be prepared for. Historically speaking, La Nina is rarely ever a good thing in the in the desert here, in the western and the southern plains. So we have to be prepared for that uh, as we head through the middle and latter part of 2024. All right. I'm glad that I got that out of the way, because, yes, I do have some good news for you folks out there for today. And it is coming by way of a significant storm later this week. Okay. This is the pattern that I have been harping on now for the past few months. This is the thing that I've been talking about, that I've been optimistic about the month of December about. A big old slow moving storm coming out of the Southwest and ejecting into the midsection of the country. And the fact that this thing is coming from the southwest, we've got a supercharged subtropical jet stream that's going to help uh, make this thing tick. We've got some great moisture content with it. It is one of those types of storms that we, to be honest, haven't seen impact the western and southwest high plains in a long time. We had some of these storms try to move through last spring. I know we had one that was very wet uh, that we uh, that cruised through the Texas Panhandle, southern Kansas, and whatnot. But I would argue to say that in terms of an organized big storm system, we haven't seen one of these since last spring. And this is our first opportunity to get that. Now, the timeline on this is largely going to be from Wednesday and uh, that's when it's really going to get things started across, you know, eastern New Mexico, the panhandles of Texas and Oklahoma, all of West Texas, even central Texas and extending on up into southeast Colorado and southwest Kansas. I think that that gets its footing on Wednesday, continues to max out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then it'll be out of here on Saturday. So it's going to be a fairly long duration event. And as I said, we'll have some excellent moisture with it. Now, the details with this are still yet to be pinned down. And by one of the more significant details is, is this going to be all rain? Is this going to be all snow? Or is this going to be a combination of both? Well, I do think it's going to be a combination of both. I'm still not necessarily sure how much snow we are going to see out of this. And right now, the big bullseye in terms of snowfall potential is across the far southeast corner of Colorado, far southwest Kansas, the Panhandles, and back into east and northeast New Mexico. Okay, so if you kind of had to draw a box around this, you could say, oh, from, say, Albuquerque to Trinidad to Springfield over to maybe Dodge City and then draw it back to the south toward, uh, say, Perryton, Spearman, Amarillo, and then back over toward Albuquerque. That area right there is probably going to be most under the gun in terms of snowfall, whatever that ends up being with this. I've seen some pretty high amounts of snowfall out of this uh, in the forecast models from this. I've also seen some pretty low ones. So it's something that I'm going to have to figure out for you over the next uh, day or so. The one thing that has been consistent, though, with this particular storm is the amount of liquid potential that exists with this storm, okay? And I've seen some amounts in, say, uh, from, uh, from, say, Springfield, Colorado, over to Liberal, uh, southward to the panhandles of Oklahoma and Texas, all the way down into central and southeast Texas, totaling in the amounts of, say, one to maybe two to two and a half inches of liquid 
out of this deal. I've seen some uh, models pinning, uh, putting out more moisture than that. And this is going to go all the way back into eastern New Mexico, too. So uh, that region desperately needs this storm. It desperately needs this moisture. And because the ground isn't frozen yet, it, a lot of this is going to come in the form of rain. It's going to end up going right in the ground. Okay, so the, a couple of questions of this. I am not questioning the moisture out of this deal. There's some folks that are going to get a lot out of this thing. Uh, the thing that I am questioning is how far north and northeast it comes and also how much snow we see out of this deal. Those are the two main things uh, that I have yet to figure out. So the thing to keep in mind, the farther south and southwest you live, the better off you're going to be with this storm that's coming through. It is going to have a sharp cutoff on the north and northeast side. So I don't want to hear, it's like, well, we didn't get anything out of this and we're up in north central Kansas. Well, there's still time for that to change. But right now, that would be a, a no-go for you in the north central part of Kansas. However, a big time switch in the southwest corner of Kansas, okay? Hugoton, Liberal, uh, Richfield, all the way back over uh, into Springfield, Campo, Walsh, uh, extending southward through Dalhart, Clayton, Amarillo, Canadian, uh, and farther south toward Lubbock. Uh, you know, those areas are likely having the best chance to see some significant moisture out of this storm. That's some good news, folks, because uh, it has been a while since we've seen some storm, uh, see us uh, seen a storm like this of this magnitude impact those areas. There will be changes, so I want you to be aware of that. That's something I'm going to continue to iron out over the next couple of days. I hope to have another update for you here on the Desert Farmer podcast in the next couple of days with this. The folks that I work for, they're constantly getting these updates out. If, if you are interested in having me work for you in that capacity, you know what? All you have to do is email me, Brian Bledsoe, WX at gmail.com. You can also send me a direct message on Twitter if you want to, but these are the types of storms that I really sink my teeth into for the folks that I work for. This is the information I want to get out to you today on the Desert Farmer podcast, and this is a great thing, folks. I've been watching this storm now and the, and the signal within the models of this storm for a long time, and to see this type of thing popping up on the models today, still there, with that amount of moisture present within this storm, it makes me very excited, uh, and I hope it indeed comes to fruition. There will always be have-nots with a storm like this, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of haves as well. I don't want to take any uh, take up any more of your Sunday this afternoon. I hope all of you are well. We are steaming toward the end of 2023. I've had a wonderful time interacting with all of you. I really appreciate your listenership um, in the past or here today on the Desert Farmer Podcast. And if there's anything that I can do for you, or if you have any feedback for me here on the Desert Farmer Podcast, you know how to reach me. Have yourself a great rest of the day, folks, and I'll be chatting with you soon. Take care.